ESPN. But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build upon. You, you hire somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop. Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. What are we doing? I'm going to drop the plans for this. And Eric Fry. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in. Uh, happy Friday to you out there. And happy Michael Jordan Day. Two, three, twenty-three. Twenty-three, twenty-three. How about that? Mm, I gotta disagree with you, Travis. I mean it's twenty-three twenty-three. No. April fifth of this year is Michael Jordan Day. Forty-five twenty-three. Those are yeah. the two numbers he wore. I know. So mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'm delaying. Was, I'm delaying my was, celebration of the greatest basketball player of all time. I thought until. I was clever yesterday. Did you know they own the Hornets? Oh, that's right. He's a Chicago basketball legend. Yes, and that he's a, he he's the owner of the Hornets, and he once played with the Wizards. Yeah, and he went to college at North Carolina. Hmm. All things yeah, I did I not I know, know until yesterday's AP article. Right. Yeah. Hey, what's going you on out there? <laughs> Welcome in to the starting lineup here on a 98.9 of the game ESPN radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you, and we're going to get you set for the weekend. We got some local sports to cover from last night, and we'll tell you what's happening tonight and this weekend coming up. And also, we got to take a look at the seating that came out for the girls postseason yesterday, 1A. 2A, 3A, we have the uh, seeds, and we'll take a look at that. And also we got college basketball to uh, take a look at what happened last night or what happened or what's going to happen tonight and this weekend. And we got a little uh, update from the uh, ticket gate the other day from Illinois and Iowa as uh, the uh, VP there for the Orange Crush spoke to some media. And so I pulled some audio uh, there as he was uh, talking about the ticket gate. So we'll get into that. And we'll take a look at the NBA from last night and uh, this weekend. And LeBron inching uh, closer after last night's effort. Hey, he actually played yeah. against the Pacers. So uh, we'll take a look at that. We'll take a look at the NHL because the All-Star game is this weekend. Skills competitions going on uh, tonight. So we might take a look at uh, who's involved in those mm-hmm. skills competitions and what those are all about. And we might take a look at the Pro Bowl as well. The Pro Bowl game's uh, underway last night and uh, so much more and we also have eric continuing with his uh, nascar countdown and a nascar pick'em returns as well because the clash is on sunday the clash of the coliseum yes we may preview it so 
we'll take a look at that. So uh, stick around. Clash, but. Stick around uh, for that. Yep, second in a row is the it's the rose off the bloom there. Whatever that never, thing is. I, I still want it in Daytona, but that's me. We'll, 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 yeah. Sure. We'll, we'll table that for the pod. <laughs> All right, yeah. And uh, whatever we don't get to here on the show, we'll get to in the uh, podcast in some sort of fashion. You can download the podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast iTunes, Spotify, our website, fmradio.com, one of the podcasts tab and all those wonderful platforms also leave a, a, a rate and review uh, throw us a like on uh, facebook if you search us and uh even though we not really too big uh, i'm big on my personal twitter account but not really too big on this show uh maybe follow the show on twitter as well show some support for the show as well so uh all right oh, we got a lot to get to here on this uh friday this uh, feel good uh friday and uh, let's jump right into it and uh, let's get things started off on this friday with uh double f first things first before we get into the show First things first. And we're going to start off right up from the top of those uh, seeds that were revealed yesterday in uh, high school girls of basketball as uh, we found out uh, where the teams we already knew uh, who would be hosting and mm-hmm. who would be in the subsectionals. Well, the seeds came out uh, yesterday. And uh, the first one that we'll look at in uh, Class 1A, and that's where a lot of NTC teams are participating in. That's subsectional B of the KZ Westfield sectional. And the number one overall seed there went to a team that is hosting the regional. It's Nioga as they drew the number one overall seed there. Uh, number two seed went to uh, St. Anthony. Three seed went to uh, Brownstown St. Elmo. Four seed is Cowden Herrick Beecher City. Uh, the uh, five seed is the other host site in North Clay in Louisville. Six is South Central. Seven, Dietrich. Eight, Cumberland. Nine seed is Windsor Stew Straws. Ten seed is the Altamont Lady Indians. 11th seed is Casey Westfield, 12 is Ramsey, and the 13th seed, last but not least, is Martinsville, wrapping up a sub-sectional B there, how they went from 1 to 13. And again, we talked yesterday, I think we knew 1 and 2 were kind of in lock, mm-hmm. of it would be one of those teams. I say, Travis, 3, 4, 5, 6, maybe even 7, you could have put in a hat and drawn at random, those teams, because they're, they're, they're kind of close. Maybe yeah. not quite seven, but at least three, four, five. Yeah. I think you could have had them in any order. Yeah. Um, hey, I was a big proponent of the Bombers this season. Yep. And uh, I know uh, we'll talk about their game that happened uh, last night against uh, St. Anthony here mm-hmm. in just a second. But uh, I was happy to see that they uh, drew the three seed uh, there. You know, they have uh, 20 wins on the resume. So that's uh, pretty impressive. So I was pretty happy with the uh, three line there yep. for uh, Brownstown. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we see just a bevy of top seven seeds is all NTC uh, yep. teams. And uh, Cumberland sliding in there at the eight. And then uh, Casey, Ramsey, and Martinsville there. The other non-NTC teams in this uh, subsection. Yeah, like we said, there. four teams not in the NTC out of 13. Right. Like, yeah. that's just uh, – and as a coach, I think – and I could be wrong. I, I think you have to not be a fan of that. Just because you've already seen them in conference play, 
You've already possibly seen them in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to see them possibly at regionals. Right. It's just you really don't want to play the same team three times. One, it gives them multiple times to try and beat you because mm-hmm. they, they've been able to scout you face-to-face. But another time, it's the same people. And the same, yeah. you, you know, I think as a coach, you want to be challenged with something new. But mm-hmm. the way it's set up, it, it you can't have that every time, unfortunately. Right, yeah, unfortunately uh, not. And uh, it looks like that, uh, according to, you know, last year's seeds, how uh, they shook out in this uh, region with uh, 13 uh, uh, teams in it, that the uh, 9 would verse the 10. So uh, that means uh, that we would be uh, covering uh, Windsor's Two Straws and Altamont, as I would uh, predict right now with the 9 versus the uh, 10, as they're still trying to uh, work on the uh, schedules and whatnot, but that will be released the next week at some point because uh, regionals technically start on uh, next Saturday, the uh, 11th uh, regional quarterfinals. It's kind of how they did it last year, so mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm going with the same schedule. I think some schedules that were released at the beginning of the season that I saw had them penciled in to start on the 11th, so yeah. uh, that's what I would anticipate again with the higher seed uh, hosting those quarterfinal matchups. Regardless, yeah. wherever Altamont goes, you can catch them over on 105.5, 100.5 sure. Jack FM. So. Yep, for sure. Yep. And then also uh, that uh, same uh, KZ Westfield sectional in a subsection a uh, number one overall seed and no surprise there the undefeated Tuscola Warriors and the two seed went to uh, Tri-County uh, the host sites are three and four here three seed Arcola and the four seed uh, Salt Fork uh, five seed went to Armstrong uh, six seed is Central A&M seven seed Georgetown Ridge Farm eight seed Ocaw Valley nine seed is Macon Meridian ten seed Chrisman uh, 11-seed Heritage, and uh, the 12-seed Danville Schlarman mm-hmm. there rounds out a subsectional A in 1A. Yeah. Uh, again, I think I think this is Tuscola's, you know, subsectional to lose. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. the way they're playing this year, they're just – they're head and shoulders above everyone in the area right now. Mm-hmm. But I look forward to a possible St. Anthony or Neoga-Tuscola matchup. Yeah. Like – that, yeah, last, that's year's, gonna... last year's matchup between Neoga yeah. and Tuscola was pretty fun. Yeah. I think that was so. in the sectional semis. Yep. I uh, looked it up uh, yesterday. So uh, this will all conclude at the uh, St. Anthony Super Sectional as mm-hmm. well. So uh, very cool that both are kind of uh, local-ish. Uh, they're in a KZ and a St. Anthony yep. there yep. for these uh, subsectionals in uh, 1A. And I remember uh, Goreville, who uh, Nioga beat in the uh, super sectionals. They're over on the other side, so they're mm-hmm. stuck in the same super sectional uh, once again uh, over there in subsectional A in the Christopher uh, sectional there. So uh, that's it for uh, 1A that uh, you take a look at in uh, Class 2A. The uh, Salem Super Sectional and the uh, Pena Sectional is uh, subsectional B. That's where we saw Tatopolis. Uh, they drew the uh, number one overall seed there. Uh, the two seed was Robinson. Three seed was Vandalia. Four seed Fairfield. Five seed Mount Carmel. Six seed went to Newton. Seven seed went to Marshall. Eight seed Salem. And the two host sites are nine and ten. Uh, number nine, uh, Flora. Number 10, uh, Carmine White County. 11 seed, uh, Powell Hutt. And uh, 12 seed is Lawrenceville there in uh, subsectional B. Topless, once again, number one seed in the subsectional. Yep, well earned, well deserved. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be interested to see them possibly down the road take on a Robinson, take mm-hmm. on a Vandalia, um, possibly as well uh, a little bit later on down the road. Um, but, yeah, should be. 
Should be good. And then on the uh, top half of that uh, Pena sectional and subsectional A, the number one seed also went to uh, Paris, no surprise there. And they're also going to be hosting uh, the regional there as well. Two seed is Pena, three seed Tolona Unity, the four seed went to Arthur, five seed is Warrensburg Latham, they're the other host site for the regional, six seed Moroa Forsyth, seven seed Downs Tri Valley, eight seed Clinton, nine seed Sullivan, ten seed Sagamon Valley, eleven seed Shelbyville, and the twelve seed Monticello, rounding out the subsectional A. So uh, we have a do we have a collision course with the two number ones, Paris and Topless again? As a basketball fan, I hope so. Yeah, sure. Um, but again, that's the kind of the the beauty and the curse of tournament single elimination style. You know, we talked about with the NCAA tournament and stuff like that. You have one bad night mm-hmm. and you get upset. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, don't sleep on uh, Warrensburg Latham there at the, the five seed. I saw him against Altamont yeah. earlier this season. Uh, they were uh, pretty impressive uh, there. And uh, Pena, they've also been a good little program as well in the last couple of years for sure. And they've been kind of a under the radar team. And, you know, they want to get there to uh, their own a sectional there and mm-hmm. play on their home floor. Absolutely. Uh, they're in the postseason there. So, uh, Topo's number one overall seed, Aina Paris, number one overall seed as well. In uh, the, uh, um, yeah. uh, let's go to 3A. Yeah. In the uh, Taylorville Super Sectional, in the Centralia Sectional, in a subsectional A, that's where we see Effingham. And uh, number one overall seed went to Mount Vernon. But then the two seed went to Effingham. Mm-hmm. Three seed and four seed are the two host sites. Three seed Mattoon. Four seed Marion. Five seed Olney. Six seed Heron. A seven seed Carbondale. Eight seed Centralia. And a nine seed a Charleston rounds out subsectional A there. And so Effingham drawing the two seed. Again, well-deserved. Uh, more than likely going to Mattoon, I would have to think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I definitely think that's uh, probably the perfect place for Effingham. 22-5 and five yeah. Mount Vernon is yeah, this season. Yeah, Mount Vernon is pretty good. 8-0 and o in the South 7. So, and, yeah. Travis, since we are you know talking here in uh, 3A, we got to mention about the Apollo and how it's spread out all over the area. It is, So, yeah. in that same Centralia sectional, subsectional B, Taylorville is the three seed. Now, looking at this, Taylorville is either going to Highland or Mascuda, but either way, that is a drive. It is, yeah. Why are they in that subsectional? Right. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. I know. That hmm. they are the furthest north out of any of the other teams. So you got Highland, Mascuda, Waterloo, Bethalto, East St. Louis, Jerseyville, Troy Triad, and Cahokia. Right. They're... Mm. Taylorville is nowhere close to any of those schools. Right. Yeah, that is that is strange. I don't know why you didn't trade out maybe Centralia for, for Taylorville. You know, move Centralia from subsectional A down to, to B or something. I just I, I feel it's awkward that Taylorville's way out of the way of everyone else. Right, yeah. I was going to say, like, over on the other side in the Rochester sectional, 
that kind of may be closer in there, but I don't know who you would take out right. uh, with those teams uh, ge- geographically right. uh, there. And that's why we see uh, Mount Zion at yep, the, the two. two seed on the other side. And Rochester is the number one overall seed hosting a regional uh, there. And then uh, the other Apollo Conference team in subsectional B, uh, they're still undefeated. Yep. Uh, Lincoln drew the number one seed there. And Mohamed Seymour, another Apollo Conference team, drew the uh, two seed. And uh, they'll be hosting a regional as well there in Mohamed. Collision course there, possibly rematch. Yeah, they could be going Lincoln and Rochester. Yep. I'm thinking there. So um, that will all conclude in the uh, Taylorville Super Sectional as well. So, um, yeah, kind of uh, odd for uh, Taylorville. And we talked about it the other day about Apollo being spread around there. It's always all over the place. Yeah. All right. So uh, we should know the uh, schedule uh, next week, and we'll know the brackets for sure. So uh, we'll uh, tell you about those when we have them. But seeds are up and posted on the uh, uh, girls' basketball IHSA website there. So uh, go uh, check them out if you missed anything. And, of course, the uh, state tournament all concludes there in Redbird Arena there in uh, Bloomington, of course. And uh, that will take place, I believe, on March 2nd through the uh, 4th, yes. And uh, that Thursday through a Saturday there in Bloomington at Redbird Arena. So uh, we'll see who makes it there out of our area. All right, let's step away and let's talk some more local sports and what did some of those teams do uh, last night, and we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Menards is your home improvement destination. We've got everything you need for your projects from ceiling to floor. Why settle for a boring ceiling when there's so many acoustic and decorative options? Armstrong ceiling tiles are the best way to elevate your style to new heights. They're easy to install and add a great new look to your home. Right now, save big money on ceiling tiles. Plus, check out all the great deals going on now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Oh, want better visibility to get you through the winter? A new pair of premium wipers can help. Right now, you can earn a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair of Rain-X Quantum Wiper Blades. See better and stay safe on the road all winter long. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. It's the final days to save big store-wide at the Truckload Event at Lowe's. Right now, get deals on select major appliances and take home what you buy same day. And save an additional 10% on all in-store clearance appliances. Plus, get savings on even more items across the store, like up to 40% off select bathroom products. Hurry and head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload Event today. 
Exclusions apply. While supplies last, selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Valid 126 through 2-8. Why do challenge flags only exist in football? Think how useful they'd be in real life. Like when you're positive it's not your turn to walk the dog. Challenge flag. The neighbor's kid says it wasn't their ball that dented your car door. Challenge flag. Your friend paid you back, but you definitely don't remember that. Boom. Challenge flag. Imagine settling a disagreement with an instant replay. Why isn't the world like that? I guess it's because it's technically impossible. But it's nice to dream about. You know one thing no one would ever challenge? Protecting your home and auto with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. This needs to go to Parkville by three. Joy to the holiday packages that keep coming at Jimenez Couriers. Coming your way, but the drop-off location is changing. She needs delivery drivers with the gift of punctuality. Anyone looking to pick up some overtime? Anyone? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the starting lineup. Caught! It's going to be caught! In for a touchdown! No! On 98.9 The Game. No! Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 the game. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you. Let's talk about some local sports that happened last night from around the area. A couple of Apollo games in boys basketball. It was Mattoon edging out Effingham by a single point in the fourth quarter. Is really what won this for the Green Wave. 44-43 to was the final. FEM had the lead after every quarter except for the most important one, the final one. FEM led by four after one, and they had the 22-17 lead at the half. And they carry that same five-point lead after three quarters, but then a 15-9 to a final quarter for Mattoon won it for the Green Wave. Wolf, he led the way with uh, 17 points. Heil had 12. Uh, Splector was close with nine points to hit double figures, but... I uh, just couldn't quite uh, do uh, that. And I forgot to mention, I think, uh, last week against uh, Oblong Palha that uh, Garrett Wolf has, uh, joins uh, his two other brothers for 1,000 points in his career there at Matt, er, there at FEM. So I wanted to uh, mention that as he got that last week in Oblong. Uh, Lars, Larson's led the way for Matt Toon. He had 14, and Grace had Eight. Mattoon's now seven and eighteen on the season, three and six in the Apollo FEM, ten and sixteen overall now, and four and four in the Apollo. Muhammad defeated Charleston sixty-eight to a sixty. Muhammad now four and five in the Apollo, nine and thirteen overall. Charleston falls to nine and thirteen overall as well, and four and five as well in the conference. Um, and that did it for boys basketball from last night. In girls basketball, it was uh, St. Anthony over uh, Brownstown, uh, St. Elmo, forty-two to a twenty and nine. Uh, St. Anthony led after one quarter, thirteen to a nine, and then they also had the twenty to thirteen lead at the half, and then a five-point lead after uh, three quarters, and they would finish things off there. In the fourth, uh, St. Anthony was led by Ruhal. She had 17. Fear Day had 15. Only one 
uh, double-figure scorer for Brownstown. A Seaball had a 13. A Baldridge was close, but she had seven. So St. Anthony now a perfect 7-0 in the conference and a 22-5 overall. Brownstown only their second loss in the NTC regular season. They're 20-9 overall and a 5-2 in the NTC. It was Nokomis. Defeating CHBC, what I have to look forward to uh, tonight. And Nokomis mm-hmm. won seventy to fifty-three over CHBC. Uh, Nokomis jumped out to the early lead, twenty to fourteen, and then uh, they extended that out, thirty-seven to twenty-four at the half, and they kept building that lead, fifty to thirty-eight after three. Uh, Rodman, uh, double-figure scorer for Cowden, she had twenty-three. Uh, Stuckemeyer, she had ten. Uh, Hecker was only held to uh, seven uh, points against the Redskins. And uh, Sable led the way for Nokomis. She had 19. Uh, Dengbar had 16. And Natalie Engelman had uh, 12 points. So a couple of names that I'll have to get used to as saying later on uh, tonight. I know Sable is a pretty common name there in yep. Nokomis. And uh, they are an impressive 24 and 4 overall. And CHBC falls to a 10 or 15 and 10 on the season. It was Arcola over Cumberland, a 45-218 in uh, this one. And my goodness, uh, Arcola jumped out to the 9-5 to lead uh, and only two points in the third quarter for Cumberland, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And uh, obviously, Arcola would go on to win their 45-18 yeah. uh, final uh, there. As it looks like Didamore had seven and Becker had a 17 points, or seven as well. So a uh, majority of the scoring right there for the uh, Pirates mm-hmm. with only 18 points. Uh, so now Arcola 20 and a six on the season, and I have him down for nine and one in the uh, Lincoln Prairie, and Cumberland Falls to 14 and 12 overall, and a four and three in the LPC. It was Nioga over at Dietrich by the final of 51 to a 37 in uh, this one as Sydney Richards led the way. She had a 20 of four points and Warman added 13 for the Indians as well. And uh, Dietrich was led by Britain. She had a 13 as Nioga had the uh, two point edge at uh after one quarter and then a three point second quarter for Dietrich is what kind of did him in uh, there. And uh, Nioga would uh, go on to win after that. Uh, so now Nioga, they're 26 and three overall, mm-hmm. seven and one in the NTC. And Dietrich falls to a one and seven, 12 and 16 overall for the moving Maroons. Um, there it was a North Clay over uh, Winds' two straws 44 to uh, 35 as North Clay had the uh, slim a six to five lead after one quarter and then uh, they had a big uh, second quarter there as uh, they outscored him 18 to five in uh, that uh, second quarter to lead 24 to 10 at halftime but Windsor had a good uh, third doubled him up. 18 to 9, uh, but uh, ultimately North Clay would put it away in uh, the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, Shashevsky, she had 14. Uh, Ballard had a 13. Uh, Kinkler led the way for Wins Two Straws. She had 16. Uh, now North Clay improves to 15 and 9 overall, 3 and 4 in the NTC. Windsor falls to 0 and 7 in the conference and 9 and a 7 overall. It was Newton over Casey and another low scoring affair it was 33 to 14 as Newton jumped out early 10 to 2 a lead and they actually Casey came back a little bit there in the second quarter um, and it was only a 13 to 9 game at that point but a 11 to nothing 
final quarter for Newton picks up the win. Uh, only one double-figure score for the Eagles. It was Kessler. Uh, she had a 16, and I thought I saw last night it was also senior night uh, there for Newton, only celebrating one senior there last night and picking up the uh, W over Casey. Now there are Newton's three and four in the LIC, thirteen and fourteen overall, and Casey falls to one and six in the LIC. There, speaking of the LIC, it was only over Charleston, a sixty-six to eighteen, a big winner there for the Tigers. Yep. Now they're almost at five hundred, uh, closing out the season fourteen and a fifteen overall. Charleston, a two and twenty-two mm. on the season. Mm. Uh, Mount Carmel over Red Hill, fifty to sixteen, uh, and Mount Carmel proves to a thirteen and twelve on the year. It was a Robinson over Marshall, fifty-eight to forty-six. So now Robinson approves to nineteen and eight, and they're six and one in the LIC. Marshall, fourteen and fifteen overall, three and four in the LIC, and it was Paris over Lawrenceville, sixty-nine and two twenty-eight. So now. Paris, 24 and a 3. They're also 6 and 1 in the LIC and Lawrenceville, 0 and 7 and 3 and 21 uh. overall. And I believe uh, that was the uh, last LIC game uh, for the girls' basketball season. Uh, I saw this on uh, LIC that uh, Paris and Robinson will share the uh, conference championship there in the regular season. You know how I feel about sharing. Well, see, I don't know. I don't know how this works. Like, Paris won in the conference tournament, so they got the conference tournament championship. But Robinson won in the regular season matchup. So they truly are tied. So I was going to give it to Robinson saying, yeah, they won the regular season matchup, so they're conference champions. Who's Robinson's one conference loss to? Ooh, I do not know okay. that offhand, so I'd have to look that up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess there is. I mean, I guess you'd, you'd have Marshall, to call it maybe? High, but No, they just beat Marshall. Olney, maybe? I, feel, I, I do feel kind of bad for Robinson in the fact that they are in the same conference as Paris. Because sure. they'd be getting a lot more love for being a really good women's team if they weren't in the same conference as Paris. Right. Exactly. Uh, there, but it looks like they just share uh, the uh, regular season uh, conference title. There Cut it in, in half. Get lineup. the chainsaw. Cut it in half. There you go. That's what you need to do. Uh, and also, uh, eighth grade of boys basketball from last night, the St. Anthony Regional Championship was St. Anthony over Casey, 54 to uh, 47 in 2A. In Class 3A, the Cumberland Regional Championship it was Cumberland over Lawrenceville, 30 to 15. And the Topless Regional Championship just put another trophy in the trophy case for the Topless. They beat Macon, 42 to 30 six in this one they're eventually gonna have to build another school just for all the trophies Man, i think they just built the junior high just to put all their trophies and I, I think they're gonna need to build another one travis they didn't make the the case big <laughs> didn't enough. make it big enough nope. i know man it's crazy uh can you, hold on can you imagine how many of those regional and sectional titles are in storage <laughs> yeah like just imagine yeah. for half a second i know <laughs> I know that's uh, it's crazy, but uh, in a Class Four A regional championship, it was Rochester over Mattoon, uh, thirty-four to uh, twenty-six. Uh, local sports uh, for uh, tonight, we got a big rivalry matchup with the Topless and uh, St. Anthony. Mm-hmm. They're in a uh, T-Town tonight. I'll be uh, looking out for uh, that uh, score for sure. Uh, also, a good one in the uh, NTC: uh, Dietrich against North Clay, Marshall at Newton, St. Elmo hosting South. Central, that's a good matchup as well. Morbury Grove against Wednesday's Two Straws. Robinson hosting Paris. Casey at Mount Carmel. Neoga at Sandoval. 
Olney and Lawrenceville there. And the two games on our airwaves is uh, Cumberland traveling to uh, Tri-County tonight. And Eric will have that coverage for you over on a WCRA. Approximately 7.15 yep. is the uh, penciled-in start time for the Pirates against the Titans tonight. Yep, and hopefully Cumberland, like we said, is on this groove. They're on yeah, this, keep it you going. Know, building some momentum. Hopefully they can keep it going here. Get above 500. Yep, yep, that's the goal. Um, and then uh, Altamont will be uh, traveling uh, to uh, Nicomis. Nicomis, their girls' team's good. Their boys' team is good uh, as well. Still carrying on the legacy of Coach Kimbrough after uh, he retired a couple of years ago and uh, still play the same style there. So uh, I'm definitely looking out for this one, and this could possibly be a deep into the postseason matchup uh, mm-hmm. there. So. Very interested to see that over on Jack FM. 7.30 approximately is the uh, start time uh, there. And they do have a a girls game before that. And you can also hear that on uh, Jack FM as it's a little doubleheader there as the itinerary was that the uh, girls and boys junior varsity will play at the same time. But uh, the girls junior varsity will play in a different gymnasium and the boys JV will play on the main floor. And uh, then the Two varsity matchups will uh, start back-to-back there. So should be around 6 o'clock for the uh, Lady Indians against the Redskins there mm-hmm. for Nokomis at 6 o'clock over on Jack FM. We also got an important Apollo matchup between Effingham and uh, Lincoln. We also have Topolis traveling to Bloomington to take on Bloomington Central Catholic, and Mount Mattoon is at Mount Zion. Schedule for a Saturday in boys basketball. FEM is at Muhammad Seymour, North Clay hosting Patoka, Weber Township at South Central, Robinson hosting Totopolis, Harrisburg at Olney, Lincoln is at Charleston, Carmine White County at Mount Carmel. It's Lawrenceville against Benton, and it's Chrisman against Paris. Also in girls basketball, it's Flora against CHBC. Wayne City at uh, North Clay, South Central at Weber Township, Mattoon at uh, Sullivan. And uh, to start the day there in North Clay, that's right, they're going to play two games as this was originally scheduled on uh, uh, earlier this week uh, before a cancellation or this is a makeup game from some point. Uh, St. Anthony is matching up with North Clay there at 11 a.m., and then they'll play uh, another game against Wayne City for their senior night. This one was originally scheduled for Saturday with Wayne City, so they're going to play two games there in North Clay tomorrow. Uh, that sounds like fun. Hey, we just two straws did it, and they went one and one That's true. So we'll see Like we said, you're running out of time to make these games up. Right, exactly, and you had to make up St. Anthony and yep. North Clay due to the conference. And I'm pretty sure if St. Anthony, pretty sure, uh, I mean, only a couple games left. So uh, if they win that against North Clay, they would be a regular season NTC champions uh, with an undefeated uh, record there. Uh, seventh grade of boys basketball at uh, State as well. We got a uh, Class 1A State Finals there in East Peoria Junior High. It's Lincoln uh, Lincoln West, Lincoln Broadwell against mm-hmm. Newton St. Thomas. Class 2A Finals at Macon Meridian High School. It's Arthur Christian against Dietrich. And a uh, Class 3A State Finals at El Paso Grinley. It's a South Holland McKinley against the Topolis there. And uh, not for sure where it's at, but I do know that uh, Altima uh, Lutheran is also in seventh grade boys basketball state uh, as well. So uh, good luck to all those seventh graders at uh, state this weekend. Absolutely. There. So we'll report about them on Monday and I'll break them all down here on Monday.
as well. All right, let's step away and let's hit up on some college basketball. We talked a lot about the uh, ticket gate yesterday, and uh, so we'll get you some updates there as the uh, VP of the uh, Crush spoke to some media there, and we'll talk about that as well as the game actually on the floor as well tomorrow against Iowa and the rest of college basketball. Coming up next. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Topless State Bank. And Topless Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Actual Pi customer. As a small business, we're always looking for ways that we can offer the quality product and get some cost savings. Meet Michelle from J.J. Fister Distilling Company, a small business in California. When looking for workers' comp coverage tailored to the company's needs, she discovered Pi Insurance. We heard about Pi Insurance being geared for a small business, gave Pi a call, and ended up switching. Is your small business overpaying for workers' comp insurance? See how much you can save at IWantPie.com. Pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, which means no additional bill if your business grows. We saved about 30% off of our workers' comp insurance when we switched to Pi. It's as easy as Pi to get the savings you deserve. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote in three minutes at IWantPie.com. That's IWantPie.com. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Missouri hosts South Carolina tomorrow in the battle for the Mayor's Cup Trophy. Tigers enter at 4-5, and five, while the Gamecocks are 5-4. and four. Who really kind of cares about that game? Uh, Carson Wentz was down with a sickness as he's dealing with an illness as Indy will host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. The starting lineup. Welcome back in uh, to the starting lineup on 98.9 and the game. I thought that was a good one. I mean, uh, that one was... Was definitely uh, noteworthy. I I definitely wrote that down to uh, (laughs) save that one for a future bumper. On 98.9 The Game.
Eric Fry Sports Center update. The Chicago Bulls used a strong third quarter to take down the Charlotte Hornets. One for, I'm sorry, the Michael Jordan-owned Charlotte Hornets, 114-98 in the United Center. Chicago outscored the Hornets 32-21 in the frame and led throughout the entire second half of the contest. Io DeSumo, who's that? Well, he led a well-balanced scoring effort from the Bulls with 22 points. Kobe White had 20 off the bench. Chicago's won two of three, and they're in 10th place in the Eastern Conference at 24-27. and 27. They host Portland tomorrow night. Chicago Sky are finally adding to a hemorrhaged roster. The team signed free agent guard Courtney Williams to a contract yesterday. Williams was an all-star with Atlanta in 2021, spent last season in Connecticut. The Sky have already lost four members of their championship-winning starting lineup from 2021, as Stevens and Vandersloot both signed with new teams yesterday. Williams averaged just over 11 points per game in 34 appearances last season. The Cubs are bringing back my favorite pitcher, Mark Leiter Jr., is coming back to the Cubs. Reliever signed a minor league deal with Chicago yesterday. The deal includes an invitation to spring training. Leiter was designated for assignment by the team when Eric Hosmer was signed last month. He went 2-7 and seven with a 399 ERA in 67 and two-thirds innings last season. And the Colts are done with their second round of head coaching interviews and are considering the rare third round as well, according to the NFL Network. Welcome back in to the start of light up. Travis Sparks here, yeah. Eric Fry with the Sports and Arena. Not only are they doing the rare third round, Travis, <laughs> there are reports that some of these in-person interviews are 12 hours long. Oh my gosh. They better find the right one then. I can't wait till they just sign Jeff Saturday. Oh my It's going to make me yeah. laugh when they do all this third round. It's like Survivor. <laughs> They're voting off people as they go. And I yeah. love if it gets down to the final two, and it's just like Jeff Saturday's the guy. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, is just where crazy. is Hard Knocks when you need him? This is what I want Hard Knocks to be in, in recording. I know. <laughs> oh man, uh, Colts, Colts. Maybe Colts. those twelve-hour interviews are are the coaches saying, "So who's going to be our quarterback? Yeah, I don't who know. are you signing?" I don't know what you do in a 12-hour interview, but... <laughs> Tell your life story, I guess. I guess so. All right, so let's talk some uh, college basketball. And about uh, 10 minutes ago, we got some breaking news. Breaking news. It's over for Iowa as Luke Goody is going to be in a uniform, according to uh, Brad Underwood at uh, today's practice. And he said that he practiced yesterday and he'll be in uniform tomorrow against Iowa. So... The red, the red rifle, Lou Goody, is gonna be coming for you, Iowa. Well, hold on, Travis. Hold on. He's gonna be in uniform. He's gonna be in uniform. That doesn't mean he's playing. Just means he's gonna be dressed. Mm, that's true. There is a difference between saying he's available to play and he's dressed. And be in uniform. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. He just practiced. So let's yesterday. let's not get our hopes super through the sky here. <laughs> All right. So. Because I don't think Illinois will need him, so it's okay. All right, we may not. Certainly may not. All right, uh, so, uh, hey, uh, the uh, Illini game, that's a lot of talked about out, outside of the uh, hardwood and outside of the arena of people not getting in to uh, the arena. Uh, there, uh, Yesterday we had some uh, clarity with the uh, Orange Crush, and the uh, they're technically called the Illini Pride, and uh, the uh, vice president, Clinton Rauman, for the uh, Orange Crush uh, caught up with some uh, media members outside of a State Farm Center uh, last night and he, or yesterday, so I wanted to give some uh, clarification uh, there on kind of what transpired with uh, Ticketgate. 
and uh, grab some audio. And I think this the first one is just kind of how it all kind of came together uh, here for uh, Mr. Uh, Rauman and the Crush. So our timeline was September 8th when Big Ten released the schedule. We called and uh, reserved a block of 200 tickets with the Iowa ticket office. Um, then October 13th when they went on sale, the purchase went through smooth and fine and uh, got the physical tickets in the mail about two weeks later and then had no contact with them until yesterday. They called and let us know the tickets have been invalidated. Um, at that point, I did ask, and can the Orange Crush then purchase uh, the tickets, which they said no, which is understandable and totally expected. Um, so we just put out that statement, and obviously they had theirs in response. Um, they both obviously had holes, but really now we're just looking at it as Hopefully we can spin a negative into a positive and uh, get some more donations for our Orange Crush Foundation uh, because grants are actually going out today. Grant applications are going out today for local organizations to apply for uh, what they need for this year and then we can kind of fund that for them and uh, hoping that if we get some more donations we can even go over top of every, uh, every amount that's being asked for. All right, so uh, that was uh, just him kind of uh, talking about the uh, timeline of the uh, tickets purchased and whatnot of purchased all the way back in October and got the physical tickets. So um, then they got the phone call yesterday. Um, and then uh, this uh, sound, uh, I believe, is him talking about uh, of, uh, why uh, the crush uh, used a uh they just said they were a group of a boys and girls club. I think this is what this one is from. We always use some type of different organization name because uh, in the past, Iowa was the Big Ten school that wouldn't sell the Orange Crush, which is understandable. Uh, why would they want to? Um, but we just said we were a boys and girls club when asked what uh, type of group we were and hadn't uh, had any follow-up then um, until yesterday. And uh, when they'd already been in, invalidated, um, there was no malice towards the Boys and Girls Club at all. Um, we weren't even trying to use that specific organization name, really, just trying to give vague details. Um, and it's really unfortunate that it's gotten spun this way, but we absolutely were not looking for a discount. We simply got a group rate. Uh, didn't ask for a discount, didn't even realize we got one. Groups are just charged differently. Um, but. We're just hoping to spin this back into philanthropy. We always use some type. And uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, it's kind of what I said yesterday about just kind of using the, the name. And so they were very vague. And it's kind of the opposite of what Iowa said, that they said that they were an Illini or an Illinois chapter of the Boys and Girls Club, where mm -hmm. he said that they just said that they were a Boys and Girls Club. Well, but again, and I, and I hate to be this way, but I'm going to be this way because one of us on this show has to be. <laughs> it's from the Illini perspective. Well, sure. Of course, they're wanting it to sound the best for them. Sure. That's what that's what his job is, is right. to clean up this mess and to make the Orange Crush go, wasn't us. We did nothing wrong. Well. Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure. Yeah, but, it's, but it goes along. Like I said that they weren't, weren't really trying to attention where they weren't really doing anything like intentionally harmful, I guess, by by doing that we'll never know we'll never know for sure yeah, because so. because again they're supposed he's supposed to spin it the best way to make the orange crush sound good 
He's probably right. talking to a Champagne TV station or radio station or whoever he was talking to was from the Champagne area. So again, it it, it it's a biased thing. Yeah, I also did see that he went on. Uh, I think it was uh, Mr. Clinton going to uh, a on an Iowa radio show, but I didn't uh, really right, see any right. uh, clips uh, from that. But that was kind of from uh, you're right, a TV station, Champagne, right. Springfield, Fox. Uh, Dante Furco is the uh, sports director. An Illinois, an Illinois perspective, and sure. he knew what his audience was. And so again, you're spinning it the best you can to make the Orange Crush sound innocent. That's the job. Sure. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he he isn't telling the truth. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying we will never know solid hard fact evidence that this was not the intention. And we uh, blame the college culture for even and again, making them do yes, this. Yes. That's that to me that's more of the issue is the fact that they felt they had to do this because they'd been denied by Iowa before. Mm-hmm. It no one should be getting denied tickets. Period. End of the sentence. And he also said that they do reserve the right to do that. That's well within their parameters to, to do that, do what they did. And, and they gave him the full discount. And uh, they were talking about how uh, they were uh, they got half the bus rental or the charter bus uh, rental back. But they weren't uh, really uh, looking to get the money back. And uh, some donors actually uh, stepped up to uh, cover the bill. But they didn't want that. They said that they knew that. Uh, that would uh, be the risk that they took by purchasing the tickets. And so if they were going to do anything with any money that they were going to donate, just donate to the local charities uh, as well. And at least they accept that, you know, full responsibility. You understand if you are taking part in this, that it may not go through. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's their 20th trip. So we knew that sooner or later, right. It would get denied. But at the same time, you shouldn't be denied tickets to a sporting event. Yeah. There should be a set amount of tickets. We've seen this. Like, like we see this. You, you talk at a high school level, Travis, when you go to state, you go to sec, you know, super sectionals, you go to state and basketball or whatever. There's a set amount that each school gets. Yeah. Now I'm not saying it has to be even, but there should be a set amount that if I'm an Illini fan, from Iowa. Mm-hmm. I think that they do set aside some tickets, but I, I'm not for but sure. But considering they tried, they purchased the tickets the day they went on sale and they contacted them before the on-sale date and, and got it. everything approved, like, they did their due diligence. I'm saying in the Orange Crush here. And on that end of it. Mm-hmm. you go. It goes back to... You should not be denying tickets to people who want to come to your games. Yeah. Because, again, they're going to come to your games. They're going to buy a drink. They're going to buy a snack. It's all money going to the university. Mm. All of it's going back to the school. Why are you denying paying people money? Because they're scared, Eric. They're scared of a student section uh, taking control of their own arena. And uh, don't worry, drinks will be bought. They'll be uh, bought at Cam's as uh, the uh, college bar there that's been the home 90-year-old bar there in Champaign is uh, the owner is actually covering the cost there of the uh, $6,000 apparently and he's also hosting the crush the students that were denied uh, the tickets they'll get in uh, with no cover on Saturday to watch the game there at Cam's Hmm. so there's that again 
it, it, to me, it, it just goes back to we should not be denying people <laughs> getting into games. Sure. That, that's what started all this. You yeah. know, you, you don't – I just don't – to me, that just baffles my mind from a business perspective. Like, again, yeah. it's paying customers. Yeah, I guess uh, Illinois' money isn't, isn't uh, good here. I, yeah. So – well, we didn't talk any about the actual game on the hardwood, but uh, we'll have to table that for uh, some time later because uh, we're up against the uh, clock here. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's uh, take a break and let's close it out with uh, some basketball. Let's talk about the NBA to uh, close things out here. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. <laughs> Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms including blizzards can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. And now... Eric Fry Sports Center update. Chicago Alderman George Cardenas, whatever, believes the city should take drastic measures to keep the Bears in the Windy City. The starting lineup. What was that Chicago Bears guy name there? Like, ah, who cares? George Cardenas. Cardenas. I don't know who that is. I was going to say, the only George I know from Chicago, George Hallis. Yes, it's the only only George that matters. Only one that matters. On 98.9 The Game. to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. We're only here on 98.9 for just a, a little bit longer. And we only got a, a little bit to go uh, for LeBron to try to uh, break Kareem's record. 63 uh, points away now. And he can get that in one game, right? Not and, anymore. Yeah, but 26 points last night. Uh, and they upped the Lakers win 112 to 111. Over the uh, Lakers, also AD goes off for a 31 and come up clutch for the go-ahead bucket there to beat the Pacers last night. Also, there was uh, stuff involving other than uh, stuff on the hardwood for the Cavs and uh, Grizzlies, 128-113. There was a little uh, shoving match, a little brawl, or not even a brawl, really. It was just some assistant coach tackling Dylan Brooks uh, there. Everyone kind of got in a shoving match. Uh, after that, uh, imagine that Dylan Brooks getting involved in another uh, little scuffle or whatever. He was just uh, jawing at uh, Shannon Sharp the other day, sitting courtside, and now he's in the mix uh, D- here again. Didn't Donovan Mitchell get involved in that too? Donovan Mitchell, yeah, yeah he was a part of like the initial foul. Yep, uh, I think. But the Cavs actually won the game, one twenty-eight to one thirteen. You heard it uh, here, there. Yeah, and you heard it. All the events transpire right here on ninety-eight-nine. Uh, Knicks got the win over the Heat, 106-104. Bulls, like Eric Mitchin, got the win over the Hornets, 114-98. Mavericks beat the uh, Pelicans, 111-206. Luka 
goes for 31. Uh, the Nuggets beat the Warriors 134 to 117. Just another night at the office for Jokic. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 16 assists for the big man. And the Bucks beat the Clippers by a point, 106 to 105 in those sweet purple uniforms. And Giannis goes for 54 last night against the Clips. So I just want to point out Luca did get injured in that game with a did. heel injury, so hopefully he's not out for too long. All right, yeah, for sure. Uh, game's going on uh, tonight. Uh, we don't have anything on ESPN tonight because that's all about the uh, NHL uh, skills competitions, I believe. Uh, it's the only national TV game, NBA TV, Suns and Celtics. Uh, any other matchups that's intriguing out there for tonight? I don't really see any uh, jump out to me, so we'll move on there. Saturday, you got the uh, Lakers and the uh, Pelicans. 63 points for LeBron tomorrow coming up in New Orleans. Save all those people some money in L.A. That's true. Want to pay for the... <laughs> game where he breaks Scream's record. How mad would everyone be? <laughs> to do it in New Orleans. Maybe he'll sit this one out. I don't know. Oh, no, New Orleans, they may not need him. They've lost, I think, 10 in a row. Ooh. They're free-falling. Yeah, a game below 500 now. Poor Zion not being there is really hurting them. Dame Lillard and the uh, Blazers there in Chicago to take on the Bulls tomorrow. Heat and the Bucks. We also got ABC, hopefully uh, Luka. Maybe shaking up, and we got the Mavs Warriors on ABC tomorrow night at 7.30. So, it might be a less intriguing matchup mm-hmm. there without Luka against the Steph. Uh, a couple games on ESPN, or just like, like one game on ESPN on Sunday. It's 76ers against the Knicks. Uh, Cavs are against the uh, Pacers. Um, Nuggets, Timberwolves. That's about it uh, for this weekend for the NBA. So, there you go. There you go. There you have it. There you go. And uh, we'll coming up in the uh, pod, we'll explore some All-Star Game stuff with the uh, NHL going on, skills competition-wise going on. Could this be uh, one of the last times that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is going to represent the uh, Blues in the All-Star Game? Of course, he's been talking about trade talks for the last season and a half. It seems like, and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with the trade deadline uh, there. So we'll take a look at the NHL, the Pro Bowl from last night, and we'll also hit up on Eric's countdown continues yep. as we're counting down to Daytona. And pick em. And we got pick em as well as we got the Clash coming up on Sunday. So that's all coming up in the uh, pod. Don't forget, Cumberland game over on WCRA uh, tonight against Tri-County and then the uh, doubleheader with Nokomis and Altamont over on a Jack FM. So uh, we'll be back on a Monday to recap everything, and we'll have the top three moments from the sports weekend as well but coming up next here on espn radio is a uh, fitz and harry and uh, talk to you in the pod if not enjoy your weekend everybody thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game Welcome back to the starting lineup. Welcome in to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still hanging out with you. 
Still got more to uh, clean up about uh, from the Trestle Show. We got to talk about college basketball. We actually got to talk about the Illinois and Iowa game on the uh, hardwood and what happened in college basketball last night and a uh, stacked weekend uh, upcoming as well. And we'll take a look at the NHL All-Star game as well. Skills competitions going on uh, tonight and uh, the game actually on uh, Saturday and the Pro Bowl. As well on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The Clash on Sunday. We yep. got NASCAR Pick'em. And we got Eric continuing on with his uh, countdown. Yeah, we're going to get to moment number 50 today. Number 50. 25 course, down, 50 to more to go. 75 moments in NASCAR, according to Eric. According to myself. And uh, 75th anniversary of NASCAR this season. And we're counting down to Daytona. That's what we're doing this for. Yeah, I've seen a lot of NASCAR people doing, like, the top 75 drivers in, like, Cup Series history and whatnot. That's boring. That's why I'm doing the moments. No one's tackling moments. No That's why I'm doing it. All right. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. And Eric... Has got it covered. I've become that man. You've got you got it. I got it. And uh, before we get into any of that, is there yes. anything on Sports Center that you wanted to? Clean yes, up? we do have some interesting stuff on Sports Center. The Tar Heels plan to keep their head football coach around a little longer. Mac Brown agreed to a one-year contract extension that will keep him in Chapel Hill through the 2027 season. Financial terms include a salary of five million dollars per season. Tar Heels athletic director Bubba Cunningham noted that the 71-year-old has quote re-energized the program in many ways since his arrival. Brown is. 30 and 22 and four seasons in leading the Tar Heels. UNC has made a bowl in each of Brown's tenure, each year of Brown's tenure. Another star player is signing with the Liberty Travis point guard. Courtney Vandersloot announced Thursday that she's signing with New York. So the Liberty have already made the biggest splash of free agency by getting Vandersloot, signing Brianna Stewart, trading for uh, John Quell Jones. Vandersloot spent her entire WMA career with the Chicago Sky after being selected third overall in 2011 out of Gonzaga. So that Liberty team is looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. At least on paper. Yeah, pretty stacked. And finally, Travis and I have already signed this, and I hope you sign this as well. There's now an online effort to get the mom of two Super Bowl players to conduct the coin flip for the big game. Donna Kelsey is the mother of Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. His brother, Philadelphia Eagles offensive lineman Jason Kelsey, they will become the first brothers to play against each other in a Super Bowl when they take the field on February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. The person who started the petition at change.org says their plea to the NFL is expected to pass 25,000 signatures very soon. Backers would also like to see Donna Kelsey wear her split jersey if she gets to do the honors, and it features her Phillies' son's number on the back and her Chiefs' son's number on the front. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, Why absolutely. not have her flip the coin? Yeah, Mama first Kelsey. Time, first time brothers play each other in the Super Bowl? Have yeah. them out there for the coin flip, have their mom do it, split jersey. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. We don't need dignitaries. We don't need legends. Like, no offense yeah. to the legends, but when you have something like this, like... Right. Family, home. Let's do it. Right. Make yeah, it happen. True. Yeah. Get Mama Kelsey to the coin toss. Go to change.org and sign that. <laughs> I don't usually promote, you know, anything that's not us. But this time, go sign that petition. And they also decided the jerseys for the Super Bowl. Oh, did they? The Chiefs will wear white, and the Eagles are in their green. Ah. The team wearing white jerseys have won 15 of the past 18 Super Bowls. Well, there you go. Just Remember that for your entertainment purposes. Words to the wise there, uh, according to Adam Schefter yesterday, reporting on that. So, 
That's all you had for a sports. That's all I got for sports. That's all you got. All right. So uh, let's uh, talk about uh, college basketball from uh, last night. Houston gets it done over Wichita State, 70 to uh, 61. It was Arizona all over Oregon, 91 76. Number nine, UCLA wins over Washington, 70 61. Number 12, Gonzaga over Santa Clara, 88 to uh, 70. Drew Timmy, 2,000 career points for Gonzaga. Not a lot of people do that in their careers anymore. But Drew Timmy stuck it out, and he got 2,000 points in his career last night. Uh, St. Mary's over San Francisco, 68-59. And it was UNAB upsetting Florida Atlantic. 86 to uh, 77. So, uh, first loss in conference for FAU, 11 and 1 in conference USA, and 21 and 2 overall. See if that loss drops them out of the top 25. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Got some rivalry games on uh, Saturday. We got number six Virginia against Virginia Tech. Number eight Kansas against number 13 Iowa State. Number 24 UConn against uh, Georgetown. Texas Tech at number 11, Baylor, 25, Auburn against number 2, Tennessee, Butler against number 14, Marquette, 15, TCU against Oklahoma State, number 23, Miami is, uh, at number 20, Clemson, number 1, Purdue on the road in Bloomington to take on number 21, Indiana, number 4, Alabama against LSU, number 10, Texas against uh, number 7, Kansas State, uh, FAU back in action against Charlotte, St. John's at number 16, Xavier. Washington State against number 9, UCLA. Oregon State at number 5, Arizona. And number 12, Gonzaga against number 18, St. Mary's. They're all in a top 25 action. So, uh, pretty stacked Saturday in a top 25. Mm-hmm. Ranked matchups all over the place uh, there on a Saturday. And, of course, uh, on uh, Saturday in the Big Ten, you got other games, Michigan State, Rutgers. You got Maryland and Minnesota. And you got Illinois and Iowa at Carver Hawkeye Arena. And Illinois at Iowa, 1-30 is the uh, scheduled tip at 12-30. 12-30, yes, we did confirm. Pre-game, yep. yeah. I think that was – must have been a time change from ESPN yes. from the other day. Uh, but one thirty will be the tip-off, and 12.30 uh, will be the broadcast the start time with Illinois and Iowa. Obviously, uh, right now we don't have a line for this one. That's unfortunate, but uh, the matchup predictor, 62% uh, for Iowa. <laughs> that obviously doesn't take into account Luke Goody in uniform. Yes. Come on. Again, just in uniform. Please. Please. Is, have they faced off already this season? No, this is our first matchup. Mm-hmm. Our first and only matchup? I believe it is. Really? Yep. Only matchup with old Fran McCaffrey. Yep. We'll see if we Your can buddy. we can push him to a DEFCOM level 12 on the angry meter for Fran. So. I like Travis not being favored. Illinois, I think, plays better from behind. Sure. They get a chip on their shoulder. And who knows what this game is going to look like. You know, the players will, will hear all about it. And I think um, I think more 
the more Illinois gets they start get stirred up on social media mm-hmm. and other Big Ten teams uh, all hear that chatter and so that puts a target on Illinois' back with how uh, passionate the fan base is both positively and negatively on uh, social media uh, so I'll be interested to see how that uh, affects the game with uh, with that because uh, Illinois will probably want to come out and um, you know, chip on their shoulder yep. as well with everything that's kind of transpired and uh, everyone else kind of tired of hearing about uh, Illinois and the fan base and the Orange Crush uh, there. So uh, Chris Murray, of course, leads Iowa 20.6 points per game uh, for the Hawkeyes uh, this season as they're 14-8 and eight and they're currently fourth in the uh, Big Ten, clumped in there with Northwestern, Maryland, Indiana, uh, and Michigan State, and Michigan Add two more teams there, all at six and five in the uh, Big Ten for Iowa. So it's always a good little rivalry that's kind of uh, sparked up the last uh, several seasons. Uh, Iowa, three out of their last five uh, winners, and their two losses are to at Michigan State and at Ohio State. So uh, they're a pretty decent team at home, and of course, uh, Illinois. Like winners of eight of their last nine, uh, only losses to that embarrassing loss to Indiana. Yep. So that is what's on a tap of four tomorrow over there on a 98-9 the game. On a Sunday, Houston is back in action as they're taking on Temple. That's the only top 25 action uh, for uh, Sunday. But uh, it's the big game on Sunday, Ohio State versus Michigan. All right, the football match. Yeah, uh, a I was going to say that's the bigger game. Yeah, still. Uh, I was going to say I think you're a week early, Travis. But then, <laughs> a week early for what? The big game. You were talking about the big game being on Sunday. Oh, I was going to tell yes. you, I think you're a week early. <laughs> yes. But then when you said it was, oh, it's Michigan, Ohio State. I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. not on the hardwood. No. Uh, Pitt State's also at Nebraska and Northwestern. Is that is that Wisconsin as well? So. Uh, there's a little Big Ten action for you on Sunday. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, move on while we're talking about uh, on the subject of All-Star Games, Pro Bowl Games last night. Yeah. Did you watch any of it no. last night? I didn't either. All right. Well, thanks Thanks for joining us. I only saw that That's clip. That's our Pro Bowl talk. <laughs> I only saw that clip of Derek Carr. That was the and, best thing ever. And Ryan Clark afterwards went in the precision uh, game. And he got hot in Vegas, and I guess that's why I'm going somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go. Which, again, look it he was put in a no-win situation with Ryan Clark asking that question. <laughs> I think he's been very professional. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> uh, he also talked about them not extending uh, his contract uh, there and if you're wondering, uh, the AFC did win three out of the first four events, and they have the nine to three lead. They'll carry that lead into uh, Sunday's finale of four more skill challenges in the three Pro Bowl flag football games on Sunday as well. So AFC are already behind a hole here. They're winning nine to three. Come on, NFC, we need to come back. Yep. And. Uh, Remember, on Sunday, the events on Sunday, 
let's see. And then we have the uh, best catch finals. What is the halftime performance? Oh, I thought it was going to tell me. Um, let's see. Um, we got the best catch finale. We got the gridiron gauntlet and move the chains and kick-tack-toe as well on Sunday, plus the flag football games. So strap yourselves in for that. Oh, I am. <laughs> uh, speaking of all-star games, we got some skill competitions going on uh, tonight in uh, the NHL as the game itself will be on uh, uh, Saturday. And, of course, a uh, little three-on-three mini-tournament style against the four divisions or the three divisions in uh, each uh, conference uh, there with uh, each uh, player, each team's kind of representing uh, their divisions there. So, um, yeah, as I say, it's the the two divisions um, in each conference. So that's how, kind of how they do it. You got the fastest skater uh, tonight, you know, uh, competitors like uh, Kale McCarr for the Avalanche, uh, quick defenseman, if this computer would ever load, I would tell you about all the other people participating <laughs> in uh, the uh, game. Here we go. Uh, Andrei Shizhikov, totally just butchered that. Carolina is who he plays for. Dylan Larkin, uh, Kevin Fiala for the Kings, uh, Kaprizov for the Wild, and Chandler Stevenson for the Knights. Probably give the edge to Kale McCarr in that one. Um, you also got uh, the uh, breakaway challenge with the Pasternak from the uh, Bruins, Matthew Kachuk from the uh, hometown Panthers, uh, Mitch Marner from the Maple Leafs, and uh, the uh, two veterans, Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, will participate in the uh, breakaway challenge as well. Uh, you also got the uh, splash shot, which will probably be that same thing that they tried to do in Vegas on the pool type of deal uh, that they go on, going on. Uh, Nathan McKinnon for the Avalanche. Sidney Crosby will also be participating there. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, so the two Kachuks being uh, partnered up there. Gail McCarr and Ratnan from the Avalanche and Adam Fox and oh, the goalie is Shesterkin for the Rangers participating in Splash Shot this year. Is uh, yes, it's going to take place on a beach in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The winner is determined by the player to dunk their opponent first. Yes. So interesting there. I also got accuracy shooting. Uh, we got uh, Kadri from the Flames, Drysdale from Edmonton, also uh, teammate Connor McDavid there as well. Uh, Barbarovsky from uh, the Panthers, Jack Hughes from the Devils, Brock Nelson from the uh, Islanders, uh, uh, Panarin from the Rangers, uh, Kevin Hayes from the Flyers, Tarasenko, of course, from the uh, Blues for the time being, and Kucherov for the uh, Lightning in the accuracy shooting competition. You know, we just had at the Royal Rumble, we had the pitch black match. Yes. This is pitch and puck. I love this. This is the one I'm most excited about, Travis. Uh, Clayton Keller, uh, Goudreau, and uh, Robertson and Suzuki for the Canadians. I, do you know what they're doing with this? Uh, four NHL players will compete on a par four island yes. green using yes. a combination of hockey and golf shots. Yes. So basically <laughs> they're going to use 
um, their hockey sticks on the green to try and get a putt in, but they have to approach with a golf club. Mm. So <laughs> I love this. And right. Here's here's the one. Here's the thing, Travis. I I'm wondering, and that is somewhere the PGA and Tiger's Monday League mm-hmm. is saying they're going. Thank you, Pro Bowl, for having a longest drive contest. Thank you, NHL, for having a pitch and putt contest because this is just doing nothing but get more eyes on possible golf. Yeah, we already had the longest drive. Yeah, yeah. In the Pro Bowls. So. Right. I, I don't know why all these other sports are suddenly going to another sport to have their all-star events. It's um, weird. Yeah, it is. We got the hardest shot as well with uh, Darlin from the Sabres, Seth Jones, Elias Peterson, uh, Ovechkin, and uh, Morrissey uh, for the uh, Jets for the hardest shot there. And I think that's all the events, but I thought there was another event that involved just uh, goalies, uh, but maybe I already um talked about that oh there is yeah this is the tendy tandem uh best goaltenders uh here who's who uh you'll mark for the bruins has just been amazing uh this year he's probably uh the leading can- candidate for the venza this year uh valzaleski for the lightning uh, sorokin for the islanders uh, Shesterkin for the Rangers, Saros uh, from the Preds, uh, Halibrek from the Jets, uh, Skinner from Edmonton, nice little stash that he's got going on too, and Logan Thompson from the Knights. So you do have some other uh, uh, goalies like uh, Thompson and Shesterkin participating in other uh, games uh, here, but uh, this one's actually uh, kind of uh, fascinating uh, with the a goalie tandem with the most total points. Uh, the goalies will be a shooting uh, against a another goaltender, and uh, three points if the shot goes in the hole. Two points if the shot hits the in net target, and no points if the shot misses the net. And these will be against the Central, against the Pacific, and the Atlantic, against the, the uh, Metro for the All Star Game uh, with the Tindy tandem. Hmm. So. There you go. There's some uh, skills competitions going on uh, tonight. Hopefully I didn't uh, butcher too many of the uh, names there. So want to check it out. And then the All-Star Game on Saturday there in Florida. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else on ESPN College Basketball? Uh, apparently, uh Duke and uh, Florida State played the first half with a men's ball. Yeah. In women's basketball. I mean, how can you not tell that you played with a, a men's ball? I have no idea. For I an entire half. I don't get how this even happens. I don't know either. I mean, must have had a switcheroo or uh, something. Uh, Coach Larson, uh, Lawson from. Uh, Duke actually was the one that brought it up because uh, they actually fell to a Florida State seventy to a fifty-seven. Of course, yeah, they lost, so they're going to bring out the it's the ball. And I also saw that uh, women's team for the Atlanta got blown out by Michigan last uh, night. It's just like the football team, man. Yep, get your hopes up just a dash from the end. 
start to be good and then kind of fizzle out uh, a little bit. Hey, uh, Chase Brown the other day in the, uh, what was that? Uh, is it the Shine game? The Shrine game yesterday? Mm-hmm. He trucked over a defender into the end zone. So that raised some eyebrows, I'm sure, of some uh, scouts there. That's the only thing that I saw there from uh, the Shrine game. Chase More than Brown I saw. balling out. More than I saw. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it. Let's uh, turn things over to uh, NASCAR then. All right, NASCAR. Do you want to do pick them or do you want to do the list? Um, let's do the list. All right, we'll do our list again, counting down the top 75 moments in NASCAR history, according to me. And we're going to start off with a uh, accident, Travis, and it is a... Um, an accident that kind of shaped uh, the history of NASCAR going back to 1987. And it was a crash at Talladega super speedway involving Bobby Allison. Now what happened? He was coming through the trioval, cut a tire, went up into the catch fence and destroyed the catch fence going over 215 miles per hour. And it was that accident that made NASCAR decide to put restrictor plates on the cars. Wow. Very violent, scary accident. Yeah, it's um, so, super fast. Jeez. Yeah. That was finally when people are like, you know what? Maybe we're going a little fast on <laughs> yeah, these super speedways. too fast. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, next, we are going to the 2015 Martinsville race. There's two things about this race that made it really a significant race to me. And we'll start with the, 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 the personal side of the thing in that this was the race of Jeff Gordon's final win of his career that got him into the championship four in his final season. Mm. And the only reason he got there is because this is also the race where Matt Kenseth took out uh, uh, Joey Logano and, you know, Matt Kenseth was lapped down and Logano went to put him another lap down and he just wrecked him into the fence (laughs) and the place went nuts. They went ballistic because they loved it because Joey Logano had taken Matt Kenseth out a couple races before that. Matt Kenseth ended up getting suspended a race because of it. Um, but it is one of the most recent loudest noises I remember hearing. And, uh, yeah, so that's number 53. Number 52, we're going back to 2012, and that is the massive accident that happened at Talladega on the very last lap. In 2012, the whole pack was racing. They were four or five wide for the final lap. They come into turn number three. Tony Stewart tries to block Michael Waltrip. He ends up spinning out, and literally three cars get through it without any damage. The rest of the pack gets swallowed up. Tony Stewart flips over, uh, and it's one of the craziest finishes that I can remember to a NASCAR race because of just the the massive accident um, that it caused. Next on our list is uh, the, uh, sadly, the death of uh, Alan Kowicki. Um, now, uh, do you know anything, Travis, about Alan Kowicki at all? I do not. Okay. Well, let's let, let's go back a little bit. Alan Kowicki won the um, the NASCAR Cup title uh, back in 1992. He won. Uh, the championship, his own funded team. Hmm. He was, and in fact, he considered himself an underdog. So much of an underdog, in fact, that at the time, Fords, which is what he drove, were um, driving Thunderbirds. 
Well, he would go and take a piece of orange tape. He was sponsored by Hooters. And he'd take a piece of orange tape and cover up the T and the H because he said he was an underbird because he was an underdog, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm a bird. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. And so he ended up winning the championship in 92. He beat out Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, Davey Allison. Uh, I think there were four or five guys that had a chance at winning that race. Um, that was, uh, you know, November 92. He died April 1st, 93. Not even a year later. He passed away uh, due to a airplane crash. He was returning from an appearance at a Knoxville Hooters, and uh, the corporate plane from uh, going from Knoxville back to Bristol, where the race was, uh, the plane slowed and crashed just before approach at the uh, air 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 station there. So um, it, it's just sad that it was literally four months later after he wins the wow. title and yeah. he's dead. Like the reigning champ is mm. gone due to an airplane accident. It's not like it was a crash or anything like that. It was the first time kind of in the, the modern era that there was an outside factor that caused someone to go away. And it was really, wow. it, it, it was, it was kind of sad. Defending champ. Yeah. That's it was, it was sad. And there'd be another, you know, 92 was uh, 93 was not a great year for NASCAR. As far as deaths, there was another one that happened later on that year. Um, that'll be coming up a little bit later on in my list. And finally, we're going to go back on, on this five to 1989, Travis, and that is Daryl Waltrip doing the icky shuffle after he wins the 1989 Daytona 500. It took him 17 years. Hmm. 17 years in the 17 car. He started 17th in the race. Wow. The numbers lined up for Daryl Waltrip that day. He finally <laughs> won the Daytona 500, and he celebrated by doing the icky shuffle in victory lane. Uh, yes, I've seen the video. You've seen the clip. Many times. Yes. Yeah. yes. And one of my favorite yeah. things was he got out of the car, and uh, Mike Joy was, was there to interview him. And he he grabs Mike Joy around the, you know, at, the shirt and he says i won the daytona 500 i won the daytona 500 and mike joy tries to interview him and daryl Walsh goes this is the daytona 500 right don't tell me it isn't <laughs> yes <laughs> yes daryl you've is. won and then you think about you know that was 89 in 01 they're broadcast partners so it's kind of cool that they were able to come full circle there right so uh but yeah that is our our final moment here uh of this five um of of moments and that takes us up to number 50 was in the Tide car? He was in the Tide car for a couple of years. Nice. Racing for Hendricks. Nice. Yes. Tide. Our next five uh, that, that we'll talk about on Monday uh, has to do with some speed, uh, a, a famous finish to uh, the Great American Race, and uh, a couple other things that uh, we'll, we'll talk about. So, there you go. Very good. So. All right. We've reached We've reached 50. the point. Yes, we've reached 50. All right. I like it. Very good. I like that we're at 50. Very good. All right. So uh, now we're at the uh, point where we're starting it all over again. Yes, Survivor. Doing it again. We finished tied last year. We did. So this we're going to try and avoid this. And first of all, we're going to do this race, and we're going to do the, um, the all-star race. But you can pick any driver. And these, mm -hmm. the driver you pick today for the clash does not count for your whole season driver. So you right. can, there'll be two drivers that in theory you could pick twice this year. 
Right. So, um, because this technically isn't a it's an exhibition race. race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So exhibition. I'm I'm not I'm not considering it as part of our you know survivor pool, so to speak. Um, mm. Very good. Also, uh, if you pick the winner, you have five total points. So if you want to consider that as a point and four bonus points, that's that's what we're going with. You get five points for picking a winner. Okay. So, and if we it comes down to a tie, we're going to do the best average finish of the whole year. Best average finish. Yeah, so I'll take whatever driver we picked and average out all the finishes from every race, and whoever has the best overall f- average position will win. Okay. I think that's the best way to fi- figure it yeah. out. Right. So. All right. We've got the rules. We got the rules. <laughs> We've got the down. They're got done. Pad, All so. right. So let's talk about this clash Sunday. Let's talk about it. Bush light clash. First of all. At the Coliseum. I hate it. <laughs> I want it back in Daytona. Yeah. It kicked off speed weeks, which you had the clash Saturday, qualifying Sunday, the duels on Thursday, Trucks on Friday, ARCA and Xfinity Series on Saturday, and then you have the 500 on Sunday. It was a whole week of racing in Daytona. Now we're doing this two weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And you've taken qualifying for the 500 and moved it to Wednesday. But you're still calling it Speed Weeks. It's not a week. It's not five really. days. Not really. Don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah, five days is a work week. <sighs> I don't like it. It needs to be in Daytona, but people were getting upset about it. Drivers were getting upset about it. Oh, we're tired of crashing our cars and wasting all this money. Look how cool this looks. It's a racetrack inside the Coliseum. Here's the thing, Travis. I think last year they caught lightning in a bottle with the success of this. (laughs) I think every year you do it, the novelty wears off. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's with anything. I also think that the fact that the Super Bowl was in L.A. last year helped it. Because people were going to L.A. already looking for stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in and we've talked about this. We've talked about this a lot of times, I feel. Markets like L.A., you have so much other stuff you're competing against as an entertainment property. On right. just a, a weekend basis, whether it be the right. Lakers, the Clippers, just Hollywood in general, people coming to go to, you know, the, the see the Walk of Fame and all that stuff. You're competing against all those. Right. I think it's it's really hard to try and get an audience for a second time. Right. Yeah, and then kind of along the same lines of the – Super Bowl thing, mm-hmm. you know, in LA, just the the sports fans. Sometimes they go to sporting events just because it's something to do, right? You know, it's not that they're passionate about the sport or they're passionate about it. And like, yes, maybe you could grab one of those casuals and they could start uh, watching NASCAR. That is the uh, hope for doing this to try to expand out west and grab that casual fan. Uh, but yeah, that's just the type of city that LA is. They just are bred differently there, and it's like, oh, there's something going on. Oh, there's a basketball. There's a Lakers game tonight. There's right. a Clippers game. Ah, want to go? Sure. And it's a status thing. Yeah. And I don't know if NASCAR has the clout to get no. that that status. No, not yet. 
or you know, uh, it did at one time. It so, did at one point. Yeah. You know, let, let's talk right. about this. So there's going to be 36 cars. They're not all going to be racing at once. Obviously, you can't fit 36 cars on that track. <laughs> I know, little Jack. So uh, it's going to feature a series of heat races to determine who qualifies for the main event. 27 drivers will race in that main event, so nine of them will go home. All the on-track activity will kick off on Saturday as the 36 cars will be split into three groups. Each group will have time on the track at practice. Then it'll be single lap qualifying. Um, that'll split up into four heat races, 25 laps each. Then there'll be a last chance qualifier as well. The final spot, uh, so that's how you get your 26. The final spot will go to the driver that was highest in the 2022 standings who is not already locked in. So that's how they're going to dis- determine the final spot. Um, the race is going to be 150 laps and a halftime break at lap 75 where someone is performing. Halftime. Yes. Halftime break. I was, I was trying to look up, uh, let me, let me look up, uh, who's, who's performing. I think Wiz Khalifa is performing at one time. (laughs) Wiz Khalifa. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wiz Khalifa Khalifa is going to perform and (laughs) Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. Yeah, I don't know if I recognize that that artist. Oh, I'm sure you have. They're they're a Latino hip hop group. Hmm. They're gonna be nope. they're gonna be pre race. Hmm. So get get ready for that. I'm sure everyone will will want to watch that. Uh, they're a group native to California. Um, formerly have uh, Eric. Uh, Bobo Correa, formerly the Beastie Boys. So there's that. Uh, they've been performing all over the world since the late 1980s. Um, have a song called Black Sunday that was released in 93. So again, to me, Travis, this is confusing. Wiz Khalifa's kind of current. I'll give him that. Kind of Cyp- fits the L.A. So does Cypress Hill. If you say so, I don't know. But who he, I still their don't big know hit was from '93. That team seems to me to be a little older audience than what you're trying to bring. Like, yeah, maybe old is new again. I don't know. I don't get this classic vintage still in. <sighs> I don't get it. <laughs> I get trying to appeal to a new audience. I really do, and trying to grow your audience. But you can't do it with just one race and then forget about them the rest of the year. Mm. And that's you know that's what it is. So. Yeah. But either way, of. let's talk about who we think is going to win. Now, the the favorites are Mr. Uh, Joey Logano, defending Cup Series champion, won this race last year. The only ever winner at the Coliseum. The other names I saw included uh, Chase Elliott, uh, as well as one of the favorites uh, that people are looking at uh, to possibly get the win. So, Travis, mm-hmm. would you like to go first or would you like me to? Uh, let's see you go. You want me to go? You go. All righty. Um, I'm not going to get outside of the box here. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the only guy who's ever won at this track. I'm going with Joey Logano. Joey Logano. He's, he's got the, uh, momentum from winning the championship, obviously, uh, which included a win at Phoenix, which is a flat track like this. He's won at Martinsville in the past, which is a flat track like this. He won this race last year, which obviously is a track like this. So I'm going to go with Joey Logano for my pick this weekend at the Clash. Going with Joey Logano. Now, 
if Chastaining and Hailing Melling was not was, was allowed, I'd go with Ross Chastain. He'll just wall ride that final lap and be good to go. This is an exhibition race, so nope, still rules. Still be a time penalty. <laughs> ah, darn. This would be the perfect place to do it, though. I mean, it's flat. Yeah, right. It's short. You just yeah, drive it in there. I don't know if those walls are permanent or not, but someone's got to <laughs> find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really test <laughs> test the wall, test the boundaries yes. of the wall, for sure. I don't think the crowd's that close, so you can't say safety's an issue. Nope. Well, it looks like last year they had a bunch of sponsors around yeah. the, the See, track. No one's for... in danger. Just sail it into that final turn. <laughs> mm. All right. So uh, the Joey Logano is not the way that I uh, was gonna go. So I'm not going to stray too far away from uh, uh, some of the other clumped in uh-huh. favorites and uh, big names in a NASCAR. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Yeah, that's I – th- I really do think it will be one of those two drivers. Um, I really kind of want to take Kyle Busch just for the Busch-like clash. Right. And also uh, Kevin Harvick as well with the uh, Busch Bush car. sponsor. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. A um, lot of questions surrounding both those drivers this year. You know, Kyle's in a new team, so how well are they going to perform out of the gates? You know, it's a team that won three times last year with Tyler Reddick. Um, and then Kevin Harvick, it's, he's announced it's his final year. Drivers either do decent or awful in their final <laughs> years. When they announce it, they either do just enough to do a playoffs or, you know, Jimmy Johnson was awful in his last year. Tony Stewart wasn't good in his last year. Jeff Gordon, you know, got that win at Martinsville. But other than that, he wasn't lighting the world on fire his final year. I think got to go back to Rusty Wallace in 2005 for the last time a driver announced ahead of time that he was retiring at the end of the year and actually came out and had a good season. Rusty, I think, finished fourth that year in the Mm -hmm. final seasons, won a race. um, And actually, at the end of the year, said he wished he didn't retire. But he stuck to his word and retired. So I, I am expecting this year for Kevin Harvick, maybe a win or two, that's about it. If you're a Kevin Harvick fan, I wouldn't expect much more than that. And that's not all on Kevin Harvick. The Fords just haven't been that fast. At least the Stuart Haas Fords have not been that fast. And you have an owner in Tony Stewart who's rather distracted and mad at NASCAR. So yeah, what are you getting out of him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so Eric going with the Joey Logano, yep. and I'm going with the Chase Elliott for the Clash at the Coliseum 2023. Check it out on uh, Sunday. We'll talk about it Monday. What time I'm does sure. it start? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know for sure. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Guess uh, it says uh, seven. Seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. I know it's in the evening. Yeah. I don't know if they're broadcasting all the heat races or not. So, gotcha. I would hope so. It's just a seven, so. But. All right. So, we'll uh, check it out. And uh, could uh, something uh, be the. Um, could something be the top three moments of the sports weekend? We'll find out. Well, we'll find out, and we'll tell you about it on a Monday. All right, uh, that will do it uh, for us here on uh, Friday's show, and we're going to get out of here. And uh, we uh, will be back on Monday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, downloading, and we will talk to you then. Have a great weekend, everybody, and peace out. <laughs>